right, all right, fine. I'll be a gracious host. How you doing? Little Mermaid is the scariest Disney movie by far, though. Why the hell is Ace Blade in your Kickstarter? <laughs> Some comics. We gonna, I'm getting controversial today. We're going to get controversial today with... with... My, my proudest moment is this interview. And being able to talk to you too. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Taurus Comics in collaboration with Fourth Wall Production brings to you the 54th episode of the Four Tales podcast. I'm your host, Kyron Silva from Taurus Comics. Across the way is the violacious scripter of Ace Blade, Danny J. Quick. And together, we are your two award winning blurred comic creators here to help you find your next favorite comic. Please stop dancing, damn it. <laughs> we are live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and a host of other programs. So if you are listening or watching us live, thank you for your support because you get to see Danny do the robot right now. <laughs> and all your positive reviews and interactions help us reach a bigger and brighter audience. God, that, w- that was horrendous, man. My, my only goal during the intro is to mess you up. <laughs> my only goal to mess you up during the intro of this show so do a great job but why (laughs) why it's more fun that way for the people who are watching live on youtube or or wherever you're watching um it's just more fun that way so um there we go how you been doing brother it's good to see you i'm all right man look we got fish is excited he's on the show apparently he is excited to see travis gibb because fish is never on our show today um Kyron has a thesaurus open today I do not Javon actually part of my preparation every week is to go and find other ways to say the words purple and writer for every of these episodes I literally do that before every episode so I use a thesaurus.com usually comes out pretty good uh Sean says your dance is going to make Kyron cry this is true and not because it's great, but it's accomplished. just sad. Mission accomplished. All right. That's all I got to say. All right. So what's up, man? How you been? I've been doing good, man. Doing all right. I heard, um, so I got some exciting news. Um, the They're going to reprint Static Number 1 um, with, with the poly bags that they, uh, you know, that they printed them in when they first started. Um, I have, <laughs> I have um and an original um in bag static number one that's my grill comic that i recently got um so um, i will be getting the reprint so i can open it and and flip through it and look through it now when we say static number one are we talking about the relaunch that just happened a couple years ago or the original back from the 90s the original back in the 90s okay if i had it close enough to me i would grab it for you but yeah i have i've recently got one um, from Acme Comics in Greensboro, the, um, their uh, one of their managers, well, the owner of the shop actually, he he knows I love milestone books, and he you know, he he said they hey I got one in I got one in for you, you know it was a little pricey but I you know I was like hey I need it that's one that's one of them comic books that I needed so, um I got it, I have it. So you I think it was you that asked me this question because I did a you know give me your top five whatever and I'll answer it I think it was yesterday. Who, what are you asked me? What is my top five favorite black superheroes? 
Was that top five black <laughs> electric black superheroes? Black electric themed superhero. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I, I came up. Yeah. And I give you my list. So I guess I want to know now what are your top five favorite black electric? That is a mouthful. Top it five is. black electric superheroes. Um, I think my list will be similar to yours. Um, okay. Storm is going to be number one. Of course. Static, number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put Miles right there. Um, I had him on three. Yeah. yeah, you had Spider-Man on your list. Yeah. Um, I don't think Black Lightning would make my list, but... Um, Why do you hate know. Black people so much? Four and five four and five is tough. I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it during the show. Okay. All right. All right. Well, if anybody wants to know, my full list was Storm, Static, Spider-Man, Black Lightning, and Black Vulcan. And I know people are like, Black Lightning and Black Vulcan are the same character. And no, they're not. So don't even try it. Not technically, they're not. They're not. Uh, whoa. I don't speak Spanish. Do you? Um, let me see. Is that Namor? Namor. Hey, we appreciate you. <laughs> Uh, That's, that was that was a little racist. I don't know. I don't know, Kyron. That was bad. That was, that was my bad. My bad. Uh, how the hell does Black Lightning not make your list, Danny? Again, Danny always has this. I was not. I told you, I did not read comics growing up as a kid. Black Lightning was out of print by the time I started reading comics. I didn't learn about. I didn't learn about Black Lightning until the TV show came out. So, Mr. Fish asks, who's the old guy from Stack Cartoon? Soul Power. Yes, his name was Soul Power. Soul Power. Yeah. All right. Good grief. Oh, man. Static Shock was such a good show. It really was. It really was. Me and my son just recently uh, re- did a rewatch. Um, you know, it would be considered woke today, right? Absolutely. Absolutely That's- would. All right. Anyways, enough reminiscing. We. What? Richie's dad being a. Uh, full-blown racist and god the episode was it was tough bro it was tough yeah all right all right okay so <laughs> we are That's here today <laughs> you just bringing up nostalgia dude just nostalgia hitting me <sighs> hilarious um we are here today to talk to a writer uh and when i say he's a writer he's written like God, at least 30 books, it seems like. I mean, I want to say he's a publisher because he's also put together a book that you and I worked on called uh, Cthulhu Invades Oz. Award-winning? Yes, our award-winning Cthulhu Invades Oz. Uh, But he's an amazing person. He is just doing great work, and I don't know what else to say, so I'm just going to bring him on now. Travis Gibb is on the show. There we go. What is what does it say about me that uh, you guys' background has has your art or something to do with you? And I'm like, no, Magneto, yo. Like, what does that say? <laughs> Magneto. <laughs> well, you're you're a big fan of Magneto, though. I've yeah. seen I've seen you post about Magneto on several oh, I, several occasions. Yeah, we'll, 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 so we got the shrine, right? Can we? There we go. We got oh, the wow. shrine right there. Okay. We don't we don't mess. We don't play. Yeah, that's legit that's right there. You got the pops, you got the that is, the, the statues. That's, that's a, more oh, than yeah, just yeah. the statues. We don't, we don't, we don't play. He got the black. He got the multiple, multiple uh, 
suits and everything. Yeah, yeah, um, so, I've got the same statue twice with the white and the, <laughs> and the black. Yep. <laughs> so now I got to know: Do you have the tattoo of Magneto anywhere? I don't. I want one. Um, that much love for Magneto is unsettling. Javon, Javon is right though. That much love for Magneto got me thinking a little bit now. What, 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 what resonates with Magneto so much? I don't, I don't know. Wait, Dan, you have nothing to complain about. So this is the same obsession with you and Purple. So Purple has never tried to kill the human race though. Like, fair enough. Fair enough. So my my thing um, about Magneto that I always relate to is. I've always felt my whole life like I have tried to do something and done it the wrong way, right? Like my intentions were pure, but I just do it in this asinine way, not murderish way, but like, like I really relate to that. Like the idea of, Hey, we, we can't coexist. We just need to be separated, live our, live our own lives and kind of focus. Like I, I got that as, as you know, I, I got that like feeling that you don't belong and that you need to, you know, find people like your crew and like, we can do our own thing. Like that resonated with me as a child. I don't know. Now it doesn't resonate when I think about it speaking out loud. But, <laughs> but the, the do it so I don't know. I just like him. Leave him alone. <laughs> hey, hey, like, no, like I, what you like. I had um, on my top five, I did a top five villains list, and Magneto always makes my top five villains list um, because Magneto is just one of the dopest. The design characters, like his themes, um, are consistent. He's uh, he's one of those those villains. Like I um, I was talking to, to Daniel Calvin about this because um, Magneto is, is um, you know he said that he doesn't he doesn't think Magneto should be the the only representation of Jewish uh, superheroes out here. And I was like, <laughs> you really consider? I mean, I know he's been considered a villain, but you know some people don't consider Magneto a villain. They really believe you know the things that he says. So. And, um, you know, you can kind of get behind that, but uh, we'll talk about all that later. Um, yeah. Well, so I, I was going to ask you something that we don't know about you. So I guess since you've already gotten that out the way, Travis, I want to get into more controversial things. Um, just start off with things that I, I've read about you. And I, I do want to know why you hate purple. Well, hey, purple. Yeah. Did you not see my Magneto shrine? There is so much purple in there. There's so much purple. <laughs> <laughs> so much purple. So much purple. No, I like purple. Uh, I mean, I prefer orange, but uh, I love purple. Okay. All right. That explains the orange cone theme. Okay. That was going to be my question. And thank you for segueing into that, uh, um, Kyron. But uh, your company, Orange Cone Productions, like I said, um, we've, I've read a few, a few of your books. (laughs) Excuse me. um, From your company. And um, I wondered, what is the origins of Orange Cone Productions? Like, why is it called that? And, um, you know, where does it come from? So Orange Cone, for me, what it means is uh, stop and pay attention, right? And Orange Cone, you see it, it means either be wary of what we're building. It could be bad or it could be traffic. could be a disaster. could be we're building a amazing, you know, amusement park. could be many things. So that's when I, when I made up that name, it was kind of that representation, like, Hey, I want you to stop and pay attention. This could be a disaster. It could be we building the next mega thing. I don't know, but you need to stop and pay attention. Pay attention to Orange Cone. I like it. I like that a lot. Um, I wish more people would put more thought into the names of their uh, of their shows and and, and companies. <laughs> like our our uh, 
Fortales podcast. We literally just threw together uh, my company, Fourth Wall Productions, and Taurus Comics. The Taurus has the tail, the tails, and it was like four tails. Okay, we're gonna make that work. Um, but I'm sure we could have. <laughs> I'm sure we could have put more thought into it. But it, I asked you for stuff. suggestions, and you're like, "Yeah, whatever, Kyra. Just, just do whatever, man. I just want to talk." And I was like, "All right, fine." <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. Um, well, and so Kyron we, doesn't have four ideas. You know, you stick with Ace Play pretty thing, but Kyron's like, I got this new one. Let's go. <laughs> you <laughs> joke, but I already introduced a, a new character for Danny to write a comic for. <laughs> I gave her two, actually, characters. At, and Kyron, is actually, Kyron is actually drawing a, 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 a book that not, you just don't know. I got so many ideas. Um, in in the Google Drive, it's it's ridiculous. But yes, I try to stay consistent, try to stay on brand with the purple and Ace Blade. Um, but yes. Um, so what what projects have you been working on lately? Oh my goodness, it's insane. Um, so uh, Coins of Judas, I, we just did one and two. That's a Band of Bards comic that's coming out. Uh, it's in Diamond right now. Uh, you can get order one and two. Um, so that's a book about basically when the 30 pieces of silver paid for Judas, they produce 30 demons, um, that are the worst things you could buy with money. So mm -hmm. each coin represents the worst thing that you can come with on and a demons associated with it. And these are demon hunters that are trying to hunt them down. So this is my first non Kickstarter book, which is super exciting for me, right? All my stuff prior was Kickstarter first. So that's, that's really exciting. We've got the old hats, you know, we've got Voodoo Nations, we've got Expired, we've got Cthulhu Invades Neverland, and of course we have uh, Holiday Spirits. It's live right now on Kickstarter, Holiday Spirits too. which you guys were supposed to be in. Yeah, that's my fault. I got. Let's call you guys out. <laughs> no, you can just call me out. That's all on me. Danny, Danny gave part. me a script. Danny gave me a part. script. Um, just so everybody could see, uh, I was, I had started it, um, Showing the picture of Holiday Spirits to cover for it right now, just so anybody wants to know. Uh, but Danny gave me a script from an idea that I had, and I was ready to do this. And uh, just too many things happened in my life at that time. Um, had my, my wife's grandfather passed away. We had lost our dog. Um, my grandmother died. Like This is all in the span of like three months. So I was like, dude, I can't deal with nothing right now. Um but yeah, I was excited for Holiday Spirits. I really was, because um, this isn't this this is not the first time you've done Holiday Spirits, right? Correct. Yeah, this is the second one, and hopefully you guys can finish that and can be in the third one because we are going to do one next year as well. It's going to be an annual that we do every year. But yeah, uh, this is the second volume, um, and we we try to get some of the up and coming talent to be part of it and, and produce spooky tales. We do the traditional orange cone spin where when you get it, it there's a beginning, middle, and end. There's not. Uh, it's not just an anthology with a bunch of stuff thrown together. It's actually written that way. Um, and it's a lot of fun to put together. You know, I actually just read volume one again the other day. And um, so, you know, cause around Thanksgiving, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit. My mom died the day before Thanksgiving. Um, she, she, she had back surgery um, and she had uh, an ulcer that burst in her chest and she couldn't feel it because she was on painkillers because of the back surgery. So by the time they got her there, the ulcer had bled into her and she passed away. Um, and earlier that year, I had gathered a whole bunch of people and I was talking and like kind of celebrating, talking about how pure Thanksgiving is, right? Unlike other, uh, other holidays, 
you know, you got to buy a gift, you got to do this, you know, it's all about just spending time with people you care about. That's the the core of it, you know, uh, it's just eating and doing. And then it, it made me like hate Thanksgiving. And I, I wrote this, this forward to Holiday Spirits about how, you know, these tragedies can happen where we change our views on holidays. And you can think about it. Yes, I'm using an extreme example with my mom, but there's people who've got divorces, right? When they, they had that first Christmas without him, you know, and all these things. It's so crazy that these things can turn to horror really quick. And I think it really speaks and resonates. That's why you have stuff like Red Xmas and all sorts of horror, gremlins, all these horror, horror stories set around the Christmas time uh, because of things like that. Yeah, it does seem like Christmas has a lot of horrific things. Like there's a new movie coming out with, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's from Stranger Things. He plays uh, the, the cop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Santa Claus. He's in this movie, he's playing Santa Claus, but he has to save the family from from being robbed. And like, it's not the first time we've seen Christmas being used in a more violent manner than what most people think it to be. I mean, even Tim Allen, he killed Santa to become him. That's he did. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we, we like to play and pretend to that. The only way you become Santa is you just murder the Santa. That's messed up. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. And messed up at the same time, for sure. Is that to become the master, you have to beat the master? Right. <laughs> is, Santa, is Santa Highlander? Is that what it is? They're going to be one? <laughs> So that would explain why Santa Claus has been around for so long. He's so he's powerful. Just up here killing everybody. He's so powerful. Somebody raised, uh, you know, trained up to beat him, and I takes over the mantle. All right, we just made, we just got a second story for Holly Spirits next year. Yeah. <laughs> How Santa Claus came to be. I, I like this. Santa Claus is is in the Santa Claus movie is in the Highlander universe. I like this. I like this theory. It's good. Santa McCloud of the Clan McCloud. Santa Claus was the only one. He beat right after number one. He went after Christopher Lambert, Connor, killed him. Santa Claus. Wow. Oh man, um, I love it. Um, Fish says he loves the 4th of July, then I got sober, and it wasn't really nearly as fun. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I understand that. But, yeah, like you were saying, um, and, um, you know, holidays can be, can be you know, kind of bittersweet as you get older. Um, and, um, you know, it's, sometimes you just got to try to, you know, see the positives and, and see, be, see the things that you're thankful for and, you know, appreciate the family that you have. And, yeah. and um, you know, I think that's the best way to do it. I agree. Yeah, you do that all the time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you're leading up to something, and then you're just like, bam, I'm done. <laughs> you should, you should know by now, Kyron. When I stop talking, just start. <laughs> just jump in. <laughs> Is, is Fish concerned about being sober because now he's afraid when he lights a firework and realizes that it could actually kill him? And before, he's just like, woo! <laughs> like, light these um, babies up. Wait a minute, this is dangerous. <laughs> huh? should, um, should we be doing this? Oh, <laughs> all right. All right, well, I do want to go back to Coins of Judas because that actually seems like a very uh, cool story. Um, what is the long-term goal for Coins of Judas? Because I, I saw you already have two issues that's coming out on Diamond, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's a weird origin story. So they had Band of Bards put out a all call for an anthology called uh, Tales from the Static, um, and I submitted to that. 
And weirdly enough, they declined it. They were like, no, the, this is not good. We had a, but we want to make it its own series. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? You can't decline me and give me my own series. That's messed up. <laughs> like, you know, we like it, but we like it better here. That's what we right. want to do with it. Right. So, uh, so we agreed and we figured it out. Um, cause, and it was weird for Tyler too, cause I was working with Tyler Carpenter and I had, you know, told him, Hey, we're going to do eight pages. Hey, do you want to do a full story? You know? So then we agreed to do two stories, um, you know, got it, got it taken care of. So yeah, we, we've been killing it and we produced two issues. We're completely done with the two issues. Uh, we got to do a little bit of coloring for issue two, but we're done with that. So it's a one part one and two that'll come out in diamond. In March or April, we're going to come up with a Kickstarter that'll be a four four of it. So it'll be four stories to make a, a thick trade. And then we'll do three and four in Diamond in like June and July. And then August will deliver for everybody uh, for the, the trade paperbacks, which should be really fun. I know for a lot of us as independent creators, a lot of our goals is to get into Diamond. Um, how was that at least approaching Bards and, and saying, hey, I want to do this book. I know you said they say they want to turn it into an ongoing series, but how did that interaction go where you're like, this is going to get into diamond someday? Like what was that, that sensation or that feeling? It, it was wild, you know, cause like, um, you know, like you and you, you've, you're in diamond within Arctic press, you know, that's what I assumed the route would be. I'd produce something, same thing with Granite State Punk. I make something and then someone's like, Hey, I'll want it. We'll get some more money for it. <laughs> kind of the way us Kickstarter creators, them. We, yeah. we do as much as we can. Someone will put their label on it and then they'll get the layer of the money, even though you did all the work. That's just the way it works. So it was really interesting to get, you know, someone go, I want you to do the series. We want to, um, you know, Band of Bards paid me for the series. Like it's a, it's a paid gig. They paid us to make it. Um, nice. And that they believed in us and thought that this series had legs and that we could do some stuff. Uh, and that's wild. And it's so hard, guys. Like Diamond... I, I crave diamond for so long. And now that I'm kind of here, it's so exhausting. Kickstarter is way better. Like, cause you can just be done when I'm done. I'm going to go on Kickstarter. Whenever I feel I'm ready, I'm just going to launch my Kickstarter. Diamond doesn't work like that. They don't play. They're just like, here's your deadline for submissions. Here's your deadlines for orders. Here's your deadlines for covers and art and all these extra things. So I'm constantly doing that. And then calling stores and saying, Hey, do you want to pick up a copy from a publisher? You don't know from a creator. You don't know. You know, and trying to sell your work, it's it's a lot, a lot of work, but it's super fun. I'm super excited to have my first Diamond work be original, right? It's original mm -hmm. content that hasn't been shared with any audience yet. And I think that that's a beautiful thing, and I'm excited that Band of Bards gave me that opportunity. Absolutely. It is, it is a beautiful thing. And um, I think we always have a conversation about, you know, kind of what is an indie creator, what is an indie independent creator, and, you know, what kind of separates you from being independent and i think my main argument is that distribution part is a big part of it because of everything that you just said like when you get into diamond it's not just like it's not just okay we're in previews so now let's you know every the money's going to roll in now there's people who have to market these books and if the audience doesn't know about it then the stores aren't going to buy them if the stores don't buy them then they don't you know you don't get paid to do more and more books, you know? So it's, it's, um, you know, it is, like you said, it's a lot of work to, to reach out to, to stores that, that may or may not have ever heard of you or, um, store, like it's, it's a lot better. It's a, 
I would imagine it's a lot easier if you got Spider-Man or if you got Batman, you know, sure. and, 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 you know, you got a Batman series coming out. People are always going to want to read Batman, but like you said, if it's a, if it's a new series, if it's an indie title like Ace Blade, or if it was, um, saw the lightning world or something. And, you know, we got our own communities of people, you know, that's why we do well on Kickstarter, but, um, you know, it's not, it's not the same as, introducing it to the small communities within communities and um yeah. that's a lot of work absolutely or hot shot yeah well i mean that's you know we pretend you know kickstarter is an even playing field i know it doesn't feel that way when we look at like our peers who are making like forty thousand, and we're like eh, we five uh, it doesn't feel like it's a community but if you compare that to like the logo of an image logo or a band of hearts, right? Which is going to sell more like image is guaranteed. Every most stores will get three or four copies because it has that image logo, you know? And then what does that look like from down to scout and boom and IDW and like laying all those things out and building all those things out. It's, it's a completely different element versus Kickstarter. It, we're all on the same level. Yes. We may have different fan bases because we figured that out, but we're all in the same we all are fighting for the same dollar from the same people uh, versus the image. Cause if they chose not to order it, you know, it's, they chose not to order it uh, because of they don't like the brand or the company or all the stuff that comes with it. So this, it's crazy. Like with all the variables that you got to factor in just to make that book. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's that, that's that next level of work that you have to get to, to, um, to kind of to kind of make it, I want to say in the in the actual industry, you know, and it's it's hard because, like you said, man, it's it's just it's just the extra work that you don't know that you have to do until you have to do it. Um, so you know, there's a, always a learning process, and there's always another level to get to, and um, you know, that's a good thing, but it's also kind of it can be a a thing that you know kind of gets people out of comics. You know, you 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 just want to make good books and you want to tell good stories. But there's a lot of other stuff that that comes with it that you you just you know might not be comfortable with or you might not be uh, be willing to learn and, and grow with. Right. And I'm thankful for people like you and and Kyron and and, and Michael Watson who um, you know are willing to do the work and and teach us uh, small creators you know and, and shared knowledge and stuff like that. So um, I appreciate you that for that, bro. Thank you. Now, one of the things I was fascinated with when. I was going over the your history is that you said that you've been making comics for 19 years. Yeah. 19 years? I'm old. Uh, well, okay, we're all old. I mean <laughs> okay, so I gotta start out ask, what was the first book that you published in 19 years ago? Uh it was called it was the backup story for a book called Government Bodies. So it's a black and white indie book from a company called Across the Pond. I was in issue three. And I did a five-page uh, short in it um, based in their universe, um, which was a lot of fun. I met him at a comic convention, told him my passion to be a, a director in film, and told him I had an interest in comics. And he said, hey, if you write me and get – if you get it all put together, I'll publish it. And I was like, hells yeah. So I did. I wrote the five and got it, called a friend in high school. Hey, can you draw this? You know, And uh, we got it. And um, actually, I'm very proud of that work. The artist, uh, his name is Josh Belanger. He does a lot of covers for Image and stuff. He's a tattoo artist in New Hampshire. But that uh, I was so lucky to have like top tier art because you. Some people, when I look at their original work, they're just like, "Please don't look at it." Like, cause, uh, I tried to drop myself. I only did stick figures. Uh, but no, I'm really proud of that work. I think the story is pretty solid for five pages. 
Um, I have an edge uh, for people. I mean, I, in high school, I was writing scripts and like sending them to editors and getting feedback. And so I have been doing this my whole life, uh, writing. I've wanted to write and create my whole life. I wanted to do film originally, but, but I've been doing this my whole life and trying to figure out how to master storytelling. Now in this almost two decade run of comics, what's the best advice that you can give to anybody that wants to maybe produce their own book? Hmm. Uh, just do it. I know that, that, that sounds really sad, but like, just, just finish it. Like I see. I don't know so if many... we can say just do it. I think Nike sues us every time we say that. No, Nike's fighting with, uh, with Kanye now. We're fine. It's, they would only pay attention. It's fine. <laughs> they got, they got bigger fish to fry. It'll be they just got, fine. They got bigger problems. They got, uh, they, they got, they got lots of problems, but, um, I, I think that so many people, and you guys are probably the same way where we have. I, I could name five creators right now who have books that are done and they're just so scared to pull that trigger to like launch it. Right. Yeah. They're, they're like, I just need that one more cover. I need to ink it or I need to color it or I need to do this. Just do it, you know, get it out there and make sure you do right. I mean, I know that sounds really crazy, but that's the key thing. And the other thing is ask, like if you want to just create something, don't be afraid to ask a friend who may have an anthology or a story like, Hey, I'd like to do a backup for your story. You know, the hotshot, you know, um, I know Michael Watson, he did so much for the community. I just was like, Hey, let me write a story for you. I didn't think that story would be anything, but he was like, Oh, I'm going to make it an issue. And we're going to make it issue 14 and let me create a character for you. Like, don't be afraid to ask your friends and peers who are doing this to, to help contribute. You know, I think any of us would be like, all right, I can give you four pages, but here's the criteria. Here's the, the stuff we can make these things work. And I think we want to help people get to that next level. And when Travis says, don't be afraid to ask, he's truly honest about that. Cause he asks me almost every month to write a solid lightning wilder story. I have. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I literally mean, I like almost every month. Uh, all right. Fish says, just make comics. Yes. Your first few will suck. It's okay. All your first books suck. You get better over time. Very true. Very true. Can we talk about though Hot Shots getting a new artist? Because I saw that announcement. Like, what's that about? That's bullshit. Um, I think you have to actually listen to most epic talks, which is right after our show, um, in about thirty minutes. Because okay. I don't know, I'm not part of FSK yet, so I don't know the details. Uh, is it Danny, because you... It's probably because I wrote something. He's like, I'm not writing. I'm not drawing Travis's shit. Like that's not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> And he's just like, he's like, he we're says, getting to issue 14, and I need to, to make sure that that does not happen. <laughs> all right. Michael Watson's in the chat. He says, I need help. Uh, nope, not at all. I'm wearing too many hats. See? He just wants more issues. Listen, we all, we all understand that. And that's why one of the reasons that I will never, will never, ever draw an Ace Blade comic. <laughs> it will never happen. <laughs> That book would take so long to come out. It, bruh, I would never, ever. Okay, um, we all know that is a lie, which is why this is all why Danny has been practicing with Wally almost every week to sharpen the skills. Because about two years from now, you're going to see, a, 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 the very least, an eight-page Ace Blade story written, drawn, and colored, lettered by I, Danny Jaquit. I would have to start it right now to get those eight pages done in two years, I promise you. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I, I, I had a question about... Um, um, um your judas book and um the 30 pieces of silver okay mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> so I saw a TikTok last night, and this is this is where all my bad stories start. Um, <laughs> I saw a TikTok last night where a young woman, you know, she was reading reading some things in the Bible, and she was like, "Oh, there's a connection between thirty pieces of silver and the thirty piece, the thirty shekels of silver that they used to, you know, uh, you could sell a slave for thirty. If, if you sacrificed a slave for thirty, you could um, pay for thirty shekels of silver." to redeem that, you know, that slave and how, you know, Judas then was paid 30 shekels of silver to betray Jesus. And then he was sacrificed for our sins. Um, I don't know if you're a religious person, um, but is that, uh, this is all over you, my head at this point. I'm <laughs> did you, um, have you looked into that or, or is that anything that you may have, uh, may have thought about when coming up with the story? I didn't think about that particular, but I do. I was aware of that particular pastor. I actually am a pastor, believe it or not. Um, I don't talk about it very often. I'm a marketplace minister, meaning I help businesses see that that Jesus is involved in it. Like that's what I do. I'm not like a. I don't preach in front of like tons of people on the regular on a Sunday, but I do that. I um, there is a connection. Um, there, there is foreshadowing in that of like sin and, and being bought for for sin, and that like like people and betrayed there, there is a foreshadowing on that. Um, but I, I didn't put that cause that's way darker than I want. That's way darker than my demons is going into that stuff, <laughs> you know? Um, but I do think what's, what's interesting about the 30 pieces of silver specifically. So when you talk about Jewish culture, what's really interesting is they were so wrapped up in like the minutiae of everything of being holy. So they would take money in and they would sanctify the money. So they would lay it out and they would sanctify it, put it in holy water, pray over it before they spent it because it needs to be holy money. Um, um, however, in uh, to pay Judas, they would have had to unsanctify that money, which is the wildest, coolest thing. I never, I haven't found any like how they would do it, but that is the coolest thing in the world. So we we talk about that a lot in the book is how to unsanctify money. So this is money is not. Wow. That's that's wild to think of. And, you know, like you said, and in, in the the themes of um, <laughs> just the ramifications of that, like, is, is ridiculous. Like they would the fact that they would unsanctify money to pay to 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 my thanks. <laughs> interested in in the in the title as a matter of fact i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out to my local comic book store now and see if i can get it you got do you have any variant covers or anything like that or um... so we do so there's there's a cover a and a cover b uh so stan yak did cover b so everybody loves stan yak okay. uh, and there's a, a cover a by tyler so you can get those um those, those are the two main covers and then if you order 20 copies which i know you're made of money you just got that static in the bag so i mean you got cash uh, so if you get 20 copies, there's a, a foil version where the coins are all uh, foil. So, and you know, just like the, the static, it's, it's going to be worth it. You know, uh, just CGC them all, get, get it going. Just slap them all. Uh, but there's also 10 uh, store exclusives too that we've done. I just did a video that I post, put out on social media last night of eight of them. Uh, so the store exclusives, a whole bunch of people have invested in store exclusives and we have people from Witchwood all to Carl Maline, the guy who created Frey for uh for Buffy the Buffy universe all sorts of really cool people doing variants 
Hmm. I might see about this twenty to one. If my store, if my store gets one, I'll I'll have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to. Well, one of the things I'll tell you, if you have a store, if you're watching this and you have a store that you think would be interested, I will help them sell it. So I will okay. go on a YouTube channel like this. I will do whatever I can with that with that store to help them sell it. I don't want anybody stuck with any books of mine. I want to help hey. them sell. Are, where, where are you? Where are where are you in the world right now? Like, where is your? Where do you live? Florida. If you, you live in Florida. Okay, I was going to say I, I, there's a store that they they invite um, creators all the time for for books. Um, so if you get up to North Carolina, um, they would, I'm sure they would be happy to have you. Shoot, uh, we don't do traditional retail here in our store, but um, I would be happy to have you too. But um, I'll uh, I'm going to reach out to Acme Comics in Greensboro and see if we can't because I. Because for me, selfishly, I want that. I want that twenty to one cover. I want that. I want those those twenty pieces of silver. I want that. Uh, that that thirty pieces of silver. So, uh, yeah. Um, and it's Stan Yak. It's Stan Yak. It's Stan Yak cover foil. Like, it's killing him. <laughs> I'm sending it over to him right now. Um, All right. Well, we got a couple more minutes before we're going to do uh, Danny's quick takes. But I got a, a question, sir. Off subject. Um, we are looking at your website, uh, scrolling across the bottom, travisgib.substack.com. So what can people get if they go onto your website? So so on Substack, Substack uh, there's two versions. There's a free version and a paid version. If you're on the free version, uh, I basically, you know, talk about things that are coming out. I show you guys uh, exclusive stuff. We, um, we have a Substack cover. So every Kickstarter that I do has a Substack cover. And if you're a paid member, you get that for free. If you're not, you can buy it, but you're only going to see that cover art by being on the Substack. So you're never going to get that anywhere. The other version of free is you get things early. Like I have already sent them Coins of Judas, uh, No Contest, and uh, Grand State Punk uh, 2 before anybody else has seen it. They've already seen it. They've already been able to read it. Uh, we're also making a comic together. We're going to be making a comic together. Uh, so I'm, I ask questions to the paid members and they get to decide decisions on the comic and like major decisions like will we kickstarter it will we who what artists are we going to hire all, all the things that to make the comic we partner with uh, my substack people to do it so we have a good time we have a great community over there um and i'm doing so many kickstarters i mean i have i did six this year uh i have somehow eight next year i don't know how i'm going to pull it off and that's not counting the four issues of kick of coins of judas the hot shots issue and all the other little things that i have coming out too so uh, to keep up with me, you got to go to the Substack and be able to like learn all the crazy stuff that I'm doing. I love this it. is why this is why I need to stop drawing. I can only do one to two Kickstarters a year because I'm drawing so many other things. I can't focus on this. So right. or 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 you what do you want to say? Fast. You could just no, draw fast. Nope, not possible. <laughs> not possible at all at this point. <laughs> Not possible at all. <laughs> not even, not even possible. Um, so well, uh, my oh, I got to know from Kyron, what's next? Is it the Sean book, or do you have more saw? What's next? I need to know. Uh, I got the book for Danny, and then after that, I am scheduled to draw a book for Joseph Dewis. Um, okay. Another superhero sees things. I think it is, and then we're gonna. Then Sean and I are gonna do I Drive for Server Part Two. Okay, and that's what I'll have scheduled for next year. So he didn't say soft, so I'm not interested. Well, what? Well, okay, wait, okay, wait. Are we? I thought we were talking about just what I'm drawing. <laughs> okay, if you if you're talking about everything, okay, 
So then, yes, Saw issue four is actually already in the works. Uh, Dino okay. Agor is actually already started doing some some that's some pages for that. Uh, <laughs> no, that's what everybody cares about. I get it. <laughs> you also, say other things, but <laughs> it's like ram, 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 ram. Saw the lightning wielder. Oh, ram, 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 ram. I get it. I get it. <laughs> but and I also have cool. I have a Starcore issue two in the works already. Again, remember, remember, saw lightning wielder. Remember, I like Starcore. I like Starcore. Starcore is cool. Right. You know, he's purple. He's got that purple stuff. So, um, so my I last agree. question. I like Saw. I like Saw a lot. <laughs> <laughs> my last question, uh, Trav, before we uh, before we go into quick takes. Um, so, are you, are you full time comics? Um, do you do you do comic books full time writing? you know, editing all that good stuff or you, you have a daytime job too? So I, I own a web design company. Um, I have neglected it uh, because I've been doing comics, but I own a web design company. So I, I, I do that. I keep, you know, I have, I have a, I, I've been doing it for a long time. So I have a, a portfolio of clients. So I manage them as well as do comics, but it's mostly comics. It's probably 80% comics, 20% uh, web design. Even though web design pays way more than comics, just for the record. If anybody's trying to figure out business management, uh... <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. We uh, so we just opened an escape room here in the in the studio, and um, the the escape room definitely makes more money than the comics are. Like just in four months, it's it's really outlandish how how. <laughs> but thankfully, you know, we incorporated our our so Ace Blade is in the escape room, you know, so you learn about the characters in the escape room. And then when you come out, I can try to save some books. But just the escape room itself, I don't even like it's embarrassing how <laughs> how how out of bounds it is. But um yeah, hopefully, you know, we can all do comics and stories full time eventually. Um Kyrie, you know are you ready for quick takes? I am, but hold on, you know be really quick with that. Uh and I, I need to go to North Carolina and see this this whole thing. Uh, but it would be you really can just watch cool. Danny's uh, TikTok live. It, he broadcasts everybody that's in the escape room. No, I, no, no, I do not. I've only done it twice. I've only done okay. it twice. I, I'll never go on TikTok because I'm I'm over forty. I'm not allowed. It's in the rules. <laughs> um, okay, wait. You you joke, but I'm actually finding a lot of creators are going on TikTok now to find new audiences. I follow Steve Rude on TikTok, and he's a great follow if you're just interested in artwork. So it could be good. Yeah, I, I've been meeting Scotty Scott Young is on there. Scotty Young is on there, man. Come on, Evan. He is not <laughs> young anymore. Young. He's allowed there. Young. It's in the name. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but no, anyway. I think you should have a, a, a like a time challenge. If you can finish it in 30 minutes, you have an exclusive Ace Blade comic book that you could only yeah. get by beating it at a certain number. So people have to fly out to you to get this one-shot comic book that you have to beat the escape room in a certain amount of time. I like it. I like it. Um, we do have so anybody who defeats the anybody who wins the room automatically gets Ace Blade number one. But I like that if you can beat it in less than you know thirty-five minutes or something like that, you get an exclusive comic. I see. I, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use that. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you can okay. give them an, a, a Kyra Silva drawn exclusive variant cover if you want. I'm just saying. Uh, I sold out of those. I don't have any left. I don't have oh. any. Okay. I, I sold out I of mine too, actually. Get some more printed. So, yeah. But, all right. So, um, it is now time for my favorite part of the show. 
Um, and most of our guests, least favorite, least favorite part of the show, quick takes. Quick takes. <laughs> oh, fish! I'm what you big held hostage of that image? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so if you've not seen the show before, um, Quick Takes is a rapid-fire Q&A session um, where um, I ask our guests questions that I thought were interesting from stalking their social media. So um, I just, you know, looked around your photos and your social media, and I was like, hmm, I got some questions. So if you're ready, uh, we'll start with question number one, and you only have 45 seconds. And you have to answer off the top of your head. Okay. Um, question number one. As an adult, okay, what are five things that you think are as fun as a child going to a trampoline park? Uh, throwing axes. Uh, we love throwing axes. Uh, love I like uh, karaoke. A good karaoke is uh, all good for adults. Um, you know, you got theme parks are great. Uh, wrestling events are also good. Anytime that you can yell, uh, I mm -hmm. think is very, very important. Um, and then arcades, man. Arcades are never going out of style. I don't care what people say. They're bringing them back. They're bringing arcades They're bringing back. back. Man. Yeah. Um, we just got one open in our, in our town here. And uh, me and my son went and we had a, had a blast, man. We had a blast. Um, and I agree with you on the throwing axes. Me and my wife went on a date doing that during the summer and it was it was way more fun than i thought it would be especially you can drink a little bit you know drink a little bit yeah, you got a little, yeah. <laughs> we had a good time we had a good time okay great answers great answers okay number two and i'm sure you've gotten this question before and um i wish there was a way that we could make this into a book because i know it would sell um with your cthulhu um series i'm sure people have asked you things like this before but i want to know who would win Cthulhu or Godzilla and why? Cthulhu. Uh, Cthulhu is a god. Godzilla is just a dragon uh, and he'll make him crazy. So, and Godzilla is supposedly saving Japan, but the rumor are that Godzilla is a good guy. You know, if you make him bad, like the government's going to be against him and eventually they'll take him down. They do every, uh, at the end of every movie anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There we go. Cthulhu. Cthulhu for the win. Like I said, I know that if there was a way to put to put that into a comic book or a movie, that thing will make extreme amounts of money. Um, but all right, cool. So question number three. You got a lot of stories. You got a lot of uh, characters that you've created. You got a lot of intellectual property. Um, so one thing that I want to know, if you had to sell or get rid of every property that you have um and you can't you know oversee them or or write or create for them anymore but you only got to create to keep one to work on for the rest of your life which one would you keep and why uh it would be granted state punk uh um, when i wrote I it. it yeah when i when i wrote it it just became extremely extremely personal to me um, you know the smart move would be cthulhu because i'd make more money with that but granted state punk is uh is just so it's so important and so special and intimate to me to think of somebody else writing that book uh, would is that's the only one that I wouldn't let somebody else write all the other books. Like if someone's had a good idea, I'd let them write, but uh, I, I couldn't do it just because of it. I love it. I love that answer. Um, 
I think it's it's better when the when the material is personal to you. Um, it's a more fit fulfilling. Um, you know, like you said, the money money is good, but um, if you can do something that's fulfilling to you and still make money, you know, that's that's absolutely the way to go. Okay. Um, so this this question number four um, always gives some interesting answers. And I'm I'm kind of always shocked when I when I hear people's reasoning. So um, I'll just ask it like this: When you do comic book conventions, do you prefer big shows? Do you um, prefer big cons or small shows, and why? Um, I prefer big shows. Um, I like uh, one of the things that I like about big shows is I, I like the different. And it's not because I necessarily sell better or anything like that. I like to see things that I think are unsellable, and like guys just kill it. Like that's my marketing genius behind me. I'm just like, how does that guy selling that? How is it selling more than my thing? Like, what do I need to do to increase? And those things impress me. The other thing is the community of the big cons of uh, getting that person from North Carolina, you know, using you as an example, coming to me and go, oh man, I back your Kickstarter and I love your book. I, I've always been wanting to meet you like this and that, or you were on this podcast. You don't get those at small shows because small shows tend to be just local, like people right, right near. Um, so th those are why I like the bigger cons as you get to do that. And you get to meet with people who inspire you, who do cons and shows who are coming down to make some green, you know, at these bigger shows and you get to meet them and be inspired by them and tell them how much you appreciate them and, and talk shop and eat and all that. Absolutely. Um, there, there are definitely advantages to, uh, to big, to big cons. Um, I always caution, you know, new creators, um, to think that they might, you know, immediately make a lot of money just because it's a big show. Usually your expenses right. are higher with, with, with bigger shows. Sure. Um, and you can get more intimate with people at smaller shows that, you know, they both have their pros and cons, but um, I, I got to meet Daryl Banks, you know, during the, during the summer. And, um, you know, I wouldn't, I would be able to do that at a small show. And, you know, he signed our, our signed a, a cover that he did for us. And, um, you know, that's an experience that I definitely wouldn't get at, at a, you know, a local show. So absolutely. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, last but not least, I always ask, uh, you know, our guests to give us a top five list. Well, this would be your second, your second five list. Um, but I want you to rank your top five mobile games, five to one, um, off the top of your head, top five mobile games. So uh, I do um, Strike Force. That's uh, Marvel Strike Force. That's number one for me right now. Okay. Um, I'm really like Snap, so that would be number two. Marvel Snap. I know I should be going backwards, bottom up, but Snap is so good. Uh, I like Hearthstone. I don't play it a lot, but I like Hearthstone. Uh, I think it's a good alternative to Magic uh, when you're doing mobile games. Um, trying to think what else I play. Um, Words with friends, even though I don't play it, I don't think I, I do like that it exists. You know that people can 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 do uh, stuff like that. And then number five, the one I probably play the least is um, the Di the new Diablo one. I like it. Uh, just it just seems weird playing Diablo in this little space, you know. But uh, but I like it. Okay. It is very confining playing in that little section. Right. I, I play yeah, I played them like it doesn't give that same feel as you would playing on a computer or on a PlayStation with it. Right. Solid. Which list. sucks because the graphic of the story is really good, but you're Fantastic. just like, eh. 
man, I love it. Amazing list. Um, thank you so much for doing that for us. I think we learned a little bit about you. And, um, you know, uh, next time we have you on, I'm going to have you, I'm going to have some some deeper, more philosophical questions for you now that I know you're, you're a pastor. Uh, we're going to make it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> now we got to play. There we go. Uh, before we actually close quick takes, I do want to share something um, from one of our, our listeners right now, uh, Dan Bethel. We were talking about Godzilla versus Cth uh, Cthulhu. He actually shared this picture oh. that he drew oh. years ago. Um, nice. Everybody that's listening, it's, it's Cthulhu and Godzilla. They're destroying a city with the term best friends forever. And it's a cute little drawing. I like it, dude. I like it. High fives. High fives. I love it. <laughs> I, I am concerned about what what Godzilla is doing with his other hand behind the building. But <laughs> we don't talk that. about that, all right? <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Somebody is getting messed up right now. Uh, some, some building <laughs> is getting messed up in a, in a new way. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to share. He said he drew this years ago, so... Apparently, yeah, you're right. People have been thinking about this for a while. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, you could do King Kong. You know, King Kong is a, is public domain. So you could do Kong, but you can't do Godzilla. Yeah, but I think King Kong, Kong would get Godzilla. destroyed, though. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, be... I don't think Kong has a, has a chance at all. Um, no. He'd be too yeah. busy grabbing women. <laughs> Damn that. In today's day and age, that sounds really bad. Honestly, you say it like that. It's what he does, man. He's just like, hey, blonde woman, where you at? And he grabs him and he brings him up on towers. I don't understand why he does it. That's what he does. Let me find me a, me find me a young white woman. I need to. Right. <laughs> King Kong was the original. Where, where are the white women at? Like, King Kong was the original. <laughs> It's, it's like it's planted. It's in his uh, legacy now. You can't you can't erase that from King Kong. Oh. Oh. God, this 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 ended bad. This whole show ended bad. <laughs> it started bad apparently with me being racist. Ended with you guys being sexist. I don't know what's going on. Uh, listen, that's not us. That's that's the own Kong and his writers. I, All right, I, we just know what we watch. All right, well, we only got a couple minutes because uh, most of it's gonna be coming along pretty soon. So, Travis, I know we got your website up right now but where else can we maybe check out your work get your books things like that uh you can go to orangecombproductions.com if you want to buy any of the books we have a you know an online store that we sell all that stuff but but really substack is the best way to find me um you know check out holiday spirits who haven't haven't checked it out yet we are still not at funding goals so we we still got a little bit to go we need about 1500 left to go we only got nine days to do it so if you guys want to help out that that would be great it's a great book a lot of great creators. We got Brian Hawkins. We've got David Galliano. We've got Tony Williams. Uh, we've got some really, really cool people doing some some awesome stuff. Um, so definitely check it out if you have a chance. And uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. And uh, Danny, where can people check out your work? Um, if you want to find me or Ace Blade, the best best place to go is fourthballpros.com, which is our website. Or you can find Ace Blade, King Supreme, and Lumberjacks for now. Um, and then uh, also if you wait, want to find wait, me on wait, social what? media. Wait, wait, what do you mean for also, now? if you want to find me on social whoa, media. Whoa, whoa, don't just glaze over that. What do you mean for now? Also, if you want to find me on social media, at the mm -hmm. Ace Blade um, on TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Sounds like something now. brewing over there for now. <laughs> Twitter for now. And then, uh, you know, everywhere else. Kyron, where can people find you? 
I guess for now you can find me at touristcomics.com. <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Tumblr at Taurus Comics. And uh, if this is your first time checking out our podcast, you can go to fortalespodcast.com, listen to any of our past episodes. If you want to financially support us, you can buy some merch, give us a coffee, whatever you want. Um, but, you know, check out all our episodes there available for free at basically every podcast platform. But Travis, thank you for joining us this week. Um, next week, we have uh, Danny's favorite person, the snack god, Lonzo Star, back on the show. Um, and this is our, is it penultimate? I think it might be. No, no, I'm thinking after this one, after next week, I think we only have one more episode for the season, man. And then we're done. Yeah. I think I have to go back and check, but join us next time. Um, you know, have some fun. Please take care of yourself. Sayonara. Goodbye. And uh, yeah, stay on because in a couple minutes, you're going to have most epic talks on the Ages of Geekdom platform. So, you know, stay. Have fun. I want to know what it is Quick is trying to say.